0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That is our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also listen to the podcast free and available wherever you listen to all of your favorite podcasts, just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at JulianCouncil, where on Friday I'll be back to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show. Either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Council. Participate in the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. All right. We are fastly approaching March, I believe is on Wednesday, right? So we'll be there soon enough. And we are only a couple weeks away from the start of free agency. I think you've probably been paying attention. A couple teams out there like the Raiders cut Derek Carr for cap purposes. Bobby Wagner mutually parted ways to the Seattle Seahawks and immediately, not Seattle, but the the Rams, his new team, his old team, but his new old team. um, He's mutually parted ways to the Rams. And I already had someone ask me, hey, uh, Bobby Wagner, Carolina, maybe? I don't know, guys. He said he wants to win. Don't think this is exactly the spot that he's going to put his faith in in terms of winning. But we'll see what happens. Also saw Taylor Lewan leave Tennessee, Robert Woods, Bobby Trees. We talked about him on Friday during the mailbag and potentially being a wide receiver to answer here in Carolina. So a lot of teams already trying to clear up some cap space so they can figure out what the deal is heading into the new league year here in 2023. So I want to spend tonight some time today talking about Some of the Panthers, top free agents, as far as the guys that are about to head to free agency and who should stay and who should go. I just want to talk about some guys who could be salary cap casualties, like a Shaq Thompson. Should he stay? Should he go? So I'm going to talk about that on today's show. Let's go ahead and start off with free agents. Who should stay? Who should go? I don't think it's that crazy to say. (laughs) As I'm laughing, bracing for y'all to yell at me immediately. I don't think it's that crazy to say that Sam Darnold should be one of the Carolina Panthers' top in-house free agents as far as priorities go this offseason. I say that because we saw something out of Sam Darnold in those final six weeks that made you think that, hmm, with a little bit better coaching, more wide receivers, and another year of maturity, Sam Darnold might be okay as a bridge option until the Carolina Panthers get their answer. You heard me, right? A bridge option until the Carolina Panthers get their answer. Now, that's not me saying I want to watch another season of Sam Darnold play football. No. But could I watch six more games? And then after that point in time, you hand it off to CJ Straub, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Bryce Young? Sure. I'm totally cool with that because I see that Sam is good enough to win you games. And he has shown in his time with the Jets and the Panthers that in very small sample sizes – he can be good enough to win you games. He had the longest streak of his career going four games without a turnover before it exploded right in front of our faces um, at Tampa Bay. Now not all those turnovers were on him, but still Sam Darnold has a turnover bug. And whether it's your fault or not, they just seem to follow him wherever he goes. Carolina, New York, USC, it's all over him. But I still think that Sam Darnold with Frank Reich now and with Josh McCown as his quarterback coach and in this new scheme – I think he's actually someone the Carolina Panthers should prioritize trying to bring back here to Carolina. Now, you look at Spotrack, or Spotrack, however you pronounce it, his market value currently is two years, $10.2 million, average salary of $5.1 million. Now, I think that's actually a pretty good deal for Sam Darnold, a guy who has been a top three pick, who's shown points in times that he can actually be serviceable, but of course, he's not your long-term answer, that's a good enough deal for me for a veteran backup quarterback who's going to probably understand all of the expectations that surround, hopefully, the rookie quarterback here in Carolina in 2023. So I am absolutely stay when it comes to Sam Darnold. I told y'all last year during the season, P.J. Walker, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield of the three, the one I wanted to see and the one I thought would likely be back. Is Sam Darnold, and I think Sam Darnold should be back here. Jacoby Brissett would work too. Andy Dalton would work, but the guys already know Sam Darnold. Josh McCown already knows Sam Darnold. I think Sam can fit in perfectly here, but also he's got to have the, the appetite to want to be back here in Carolina. So we will see. Bradley Bozeman, who actually is the true top priority for the Carolina Panthers, as it goes to in-house, as it, yeah, as far as it yeah it comes to yeah whatever, as far as it um, pertains, uh, as it pertains to. In-house, free agents here in Carolina. English, I can do it. All right, Bradley Bozeman, look at his market value. Three years, $36 million, average salary of $12 million over the course of that time. Now, if you really look at it, it would be a two-year deal where he would get a ton of money this year, guaranteed. Um, also, kind of as far as signing bonus, which would probably lower his cap hit, so it's not that difficult. So the Panthers, they can absolutely make that happen here with Bradley Bozeman. He loved James Campen. Part of the reason why he came here to Carolina, Campen's still on this staff along with Kugler, the uh, assistant offensive line coach. So having that continuity, Moten's under contract, Corbett's under contract, Christensen's under contract, Icky's under contract. Continuity. That is key. 13 out of 17 games back in 2021, the Carolina Panthers had different starting offensive line combinations. And when that happens, you don't have a chance to win, even if your quarterback play is good or bad, like we saw that season with Sam Darnold. Look at the Los Angeles Rams, who lost Andrew Whitworth, lost Austin Corbett, two starters. Lost both of them after the Super Bowl and the injuries that they suffered last year, and they were one of the worst teams in the National Football League. They beat the Carolina Panthers, but they ended up worse than the Carolina Panthers this past season. If you don't have a healthy offensive line and you don't have quality offensive linemen, you cannot win in football. It's very simple. Who wins at the line of scrimmage? Steve Wilkes always talked about that, and as pass as the offense may become here in Carolina, and as focus were on the quarterback, you gotta have guys who can protect him. You gotta have guys who can be road graders and be able to run the football. And Bradley Bozeman, when he stepped in, when a pal line went down with that hip injury, he was a difference maker for this team. Him and his wife seemed to love the city. He wanted to come here for camping. Now with Reich here, Fitter has already said it. This man is a priority. It's so obvious that this has to be a guy who stays in Carolina, cannot let him go. And if he does. Then you got to figure out things about Pat Offline. We'll talk about that here momentarily. Now, y'all know me, at least maybe you do, as far as you know the whole podcast audience listener relationship that we have here um, with the show. But y'all know, as long as I've been doing this, and even dating back to my time, you know, on the radio in Charlotte, WFNZ, I have always been a running back. Should be making federal minimum wage kind of guy, seven twenty-five an hour, twenty-nine hours a week, no overtime, no bonus under that. Definitely no benefits. Come on. None of that. Even though, yeah, the running back should get like minimum wage as far as vet men in the NFL. Looking at spot track, Deontay Foreman and his market value, I am starting to think that maybe, just maybe, I might be interested in Deontay Foreman at one year, $3.4 million. That is his market value. Foreman was great last year at times. But when he was bad, he was bad. Yes, he battled injury later on in that season. Surely that happened. But still, Foreman's a good player. And you like the story. Working his moving uh, company, lost his dad, goes to Tennessee, fills in for Derrick Henry, helps him get the number one seed. And then, you know, they fall apart there against Cincinnati in in the divisional round, comes to Carolina. Not a ton of expectations. But once they trade McCaffrey, he was one of the best running backs in the second half of the season in the NFL. But is it worth the one-year $3.4 million? A part of me says yes, but my philosophy says no. Go out there, get a guy in the draft in what's supposedly a deep running back class, and you have under contract for four years, possibly already at kind of that salary anyway. So, going to have to go, go with Deontay Foreman, and I also kind of feel bad about that in a way. Uh, all right, Matt Ioannidis, Temple guy, came from Washington, Wasn't great the last couple years there under Ron Rivera, then comes in free agency, made sense with his relationship with Matt Rule, Phil Snow, and he was just okay last year for the Carolina Panthers, but he is a veteran who can play at the defensive tackle position, something that the Carolina Panthers are probably going to need to address this offseason to find some help we Derek Brown. Now, of course, going to the 3-4. you going to have that nose tackle. How does that fit with Derek Brown? Does someone else move in there? How, where's Brown going to be aligned? Again, only 20% of the time. Are they really expecting to be in that base 3-4 defense as you're going to have to be multiple in the modern NFL? Now, Ioannidis, here's the interesting thing about him. When he signed last year to kind of help with the salary cap, they added a, couple, a bunch of void years onto his contract, including in 2023 where he already has a $3.8 million dead cap hit. I'm not quite sure how that works if he does sign here in Carolina for maybe another year. Does that go away? I don't know how it works at all. I just don't think that Ionitis, now that Rule's gone, Snow's gone, is someone that you're looking at being like, yeah, we got to bring him back. So I'm going to go with a go as well for Matt Ionitis. Appreciate it, but another year in a row where it's like, Fox, gone. Ionitis gone, who's going to come in? and be able to stabilize on a defensive line alongside Derrick Brown, and even kind of a lesser extent, Brian Burns. You know, he's a D-lineman also, not really. Um, all right, Eddie Pinheiro, the last one, stay or go. Zane Gonzalez was really good for the Carolina Panthers when they signed him off the Detroit Lions practice squad back in 2021. But then Zane Gonzalez slipped and hurt himself in Buffalo, and then Brandon Zilstra was kicking off in that very icy frozen field on that December afternoon in Buffalo, I guess what, Western New York? What is it really? Orchard Park, New York. Whatever. So that was going on. And then it's all right, Zang's gonna come back. The Panthers don't have to worry about what's going on with their kickers. And then he slipped on the field turf during the Buffalo game again. This time it was raining and missed the entirety of the season. While Eddie Pinero had one bad day in Atlanta after that did not miss a single kick the rest of the season. Chris Tabor, work with him back in Chicago. You have to think that Chris Tabor favors Eddie Pinero over Gonzalez based off of, well, their past relationship. And, of course, this year where he worked far more with Eddie Pinero than he did with Zane Gonzalez, I still feel like the Panthers should hold on to Zane because you have a solid kicker. Now, a guy who's been injured the last couple of years, but you also have another kicker who's solid Eddie Pinero. Let them compete, figure out who the best one actually is, and then maybe use the other one as trade bait because there's going to be a team out there that's going to absolutely want one of those two kickers come August, come September, before the season starts. So Eddie Pinheiro, a very easy yes, please stay here in Carolina. So those are five free agents that are in-house but about to potentially be out of the house who I think should either go or come back to Carolina. So Sam Darnold, stay. Bradley Bozeman, stay. Deontay Foreman, I'm sorry, guys. Go Matt Ionitis. by Eddie Pinero. Come on down. We'll see you again this year. Now let's talk about some guys who are under contract in Carolina but could be salary cap casualties. We're looking at you, Shaq Thompson, and could Xavier Woods be one of those guys as well? We'll talk about it here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, let me tell you about our new sports betting partner here at Locked On, that is FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a snow-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more of
1: FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. It's
0: that time of the year where NFL teams try to get under the salary cap and the Carolina Panthers are one of those teams. Now, they don't have to go as far as teams like, you know, the Saints have to and Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to. They're actually, you know... Pretty decent position. They're about $8 million over the salary cap right now, according to overthecap.com. And the Panthers can, with one simple move, get right below that, approximately $5 million below that, and they can start doing their business. But that's not the only move that the Carolina Panthers will make. There's some other moves, like Brian Burns has a $16 million cap hit with that fifth-year option. If they go out there and just extend him, they can bring that cap hit down, and that could – Get them right below that eight million dollar uh, cap hit or you know salary cap deal they got going on right now, so we can get them under the cap. But right now they're over the cap. And there's one player we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. As I'm right now, I'm going to talk about some guys who could potentially be salary cap casualties here in Carolina as we as we play stay or go. Now there's one guy we've been talking about a lot recently. It's Shaq Thompson. Shaq Thompson, when a fan for whatever reason decided to go after him on Twitter, which hey shocker, um, Shaq said, would you take a pay cut at your job? That he's excited about Jero the new defensive coordinator here in Carolina. He's excited about Reich. He loves his guys. And no matter what happens, he's going to support the Carolina Panthers because, I mean, these are his boys. These are his friends. So, of course, he wants to see them have success. But, of course, he wants to be here. But he wants to be here at the salary and contract that they agreed to. Now, the last two seasons, Shaq Thompson has agreed to a contract restructuring here in Carolina to help the team find cap space they did in 2021 they did it last year now the funny thing about that is is now because they did that it kicked the can down the road Shaq Thompson would then need to be released in order to help the Carolina Panthers with their salary cap space so it was to Shaq's benefit and to the team's benefit the last two years and now it would be mainly to the team's benefit not Shaq's benefit and even there's a probably an argument there that it's also, maybe not that much of the team's benefit in terms of the on-field product because the Carolina Panthers have a gaping hole there at linebacker. if Shaq Thompson is not there. Now, Frankie Lugo looked great, but who else is going to play in the interior of that defense at linebacker? Not going to be Corey Littleton. Not going to be Damian Wilson, who we'll get to here in a moment. So, who would it be? That's the difficulty when it comes to Shaq Thompson because he's a player that you absolutely want in your roster. But a $24 million cap hit? Man, can't do that. You save $13 million by cutting Shaq, $11 million dead cap hit. Don't love that, but it's necessary. Unfortunately, it's a go for Shaq Thompson, but I hope he's able to find a way to stay later or more so come back. So it's go, then boomerang on back here to Carolina, but with that number, pretty simple. Pat Elfwine. This one's kind of tough for me. Pat Elfwine, if you cut him – it's a $2.8 million dead cap hit. Not that big of a deal. Cap savings though, 4.2. I don't think the Carolina Panthers can do anything with Pat Offline until they know what's going to happen with Bradley Bozeman. If you fail to re-sign Bradley Bozeman, you cannot cut Pat Offline. I know they might want to try Cade Mays, maybe. I don't know. Actually, I don't I can't say I know that. I don't know how James Campen or this coaching staff views Cade Mays right now. Matt Rule, the former head coach here in Carolina, unfortunately, he thought that, hey, Cade Mays can play tackle, he can play guard, he can play center. He also brought up Brad, Brady Christensen potentially playing center one day. But there's not a proven center on his roster if you let Bozeman leave and then you cut Pat Offline. And I also think about the past two seasons when Matt Paradis towards ACL, Pat Offline slid over to center and was much better there than at guard. Last year, Pat Offline started off the season at center, was playing pretty well until he hurt his hip, and then in comes Bradley Bozeman, who's a better player than him. He's also bigger, and that helped with the run game for the Carolina Panthers. But having the flexibility of a guy who could play both guard and center, which Bozeman was the same way, that helped the Carolina Panthers the past two seasons in the interior of their offensive line, which struggled in 2021, but was a strong point in 2022. That is the main reason why I don't want Offline to go. I know that it might be to some people, a very easy decision. And maybe it is an easy decision. And maybe I'm just wasting my breath talking about this right now. But for me, with Christensen, we'll see how he bounces back with a leg injury. He's probably going to be fine. But Corbett as well. Who knows how long he's out. Would you want to put, I mean, Mays there? Probably you'd rather have Kate Mays there than Bad Elf Line. But is that what James Campen wants to do? Is that what Frank Reich wants to do? Do you want to have someone who has more experience in Elf Line? Or do you want to put, a younger player who could be better long term in Cade Mays. I don't know. I just think depth on the offensive line is massive. And the Panthers offensive line was fantastic this year because they stayed healthy, but also they had the depth, like a guy in Pedal line who of course went down, but Bradley Bozeman came in. And then you had Cade Mays back there in that in what the Arby's package that they ran, and you had Cam Irving as a swing tackle. I don't want to get rid of depth just because, hey, it can save you a couple million dollars against a salary cap when it's not like nine or eight. I think four is still not nothing. But to me, I think it's got to be a go for Pat – or it has to be a stay, rather, for Pat Offline. Ian Thomas. Early on in his career here in Carolina, we thought Ian Thomas could replace Greg Olson, could be the heir apparent at tight end. That has not happened. <laughs> That did not happen. In the last three years, especially when Matt Rule was the head coach and then Steve Brooks the interim, the tight end was fairly non-existent here in Carolina in terms of production. You look at it, the Panthers have been at the bottom of the league the last couple of seasons in production at the tight end position. Not a shocker, especially when you see that Ian Thomas has been here. You have Mannerts for a little bit. You have Tommy Trimble. None of those guys strike fear in any of the hearts of any single defensive coordinator or any defensive player in the NFL, period. So, so for me, yeah, Ian Thomas, he can go. And you look at it, dead cap hit in twenty twenty three. You can split it if you wait till after June first. or do a post June first designation. You can split the dead cap hit. So it's about five million dollars, five point two million dollars, dead cap hit. Would it be three point six in twenty twenty three, then one point six in twenty twenty four, and then you would save three million dollars a salary cap. Now you're gonna be like Julian. You're taking on more dead money, and then you're not really saving that much. You're saving less of him than with Elfline, and then more dead money. Okay, sure. Maybe split the difference. Maybe it's like kind of the same. Not really that sure, but trying to do math right now, it's basically the same. Not a big deal. But here's the thing. What does Ian Thomas really provide? Anyone? Nothing. 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 The Panthers need to be focusing on getting one of the top free agent tight ends out there: Evan Ingram, Mike Kosicki, Dalton Schultz, Hunter Henry, or uh, Hayden Hayden Hurst—not Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst. One of those four come to Carolina. Get one of those guys. Bring on Eric Ebron since he's so desperate to be here in Carolina. Come back home, play for Frank Reich, let him do that, and he go draft the tight end. Would love to have Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Go find somebody. But Ian Thomas, you don't need him here anymore. Tommy Trimble, keep him. You're not going to save any money anyways by getting rid of a third-year player on a rookie deal, and he can still be a good run blocker. But get one of the top three tight ends. Maybe bring in Eric Ebron. Draft another one. That's your tight end room. You don't need Ian Thomas anymore. Go. Damian Wilson. Damian Wilson had a really good game against the San Francisco 49ers, and that was basically the last we ever heard of him. So this is a very easy one. Dead cap hit of $1 million. Cap savings of $3.5 million. Buy. Xavier Woods. This is the one I was looking at it at the Panthers' salary caps and just each player's salary cap. I'm wondering, hmm, would it make sense? Now we're trying to figure out where some of these guys are going to fit in. Primarily Jeremy Chin and Adjero Varo's new defensive scheme here in Carolina. And does he stay at safety? Does he come play the linebacker? And I've also brought up that. Hey, guys, why not Jesse Bates? Why not go try and find a a way to bring that guy here to Carolina and really elevate this defense? Now, Cincinnati would be insane to let him go, but they might let him go, especially when they got to figure out what they're going to do with Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and some of the other players who uh, need to get extensions here this offseason that are not named Jesse Bates. But it really would be hard for the Panthers to let go Xavier Woods. He was a solid player for them this year. Didn't play every snap like he did the year prior in Minneapolis with the Minnesota Vikings. But he's still fine and wasn't overwhelmed by him. But I thought he was, you know, fairly good player. And they could get out of it, though. They could split it um, where it would be $1.6 million dead cap in 2023. Uh, 1.6 again in 2024. So right down the middle. No, it's actually $1,600,000. i am not going to do this. But either way, it's, be- it's basically like right down the middle. Um, and then cap savings would be $4.3 million. Is there a rookie out there potentially in the draft that you could see that could come in and start from day in day one? Like, you want to get a guy in the second round, put him in there day one as a starter. Maybe bring in Jesse Bates, and that's your new secondary out there in the safeties. As far as the, as far as safeties go, and then you bring in uh, Jeremy Chen into the box or figure out where you want to put him. And is that something that the Panthers could do? Because that is something worth evaluating in my opinion, of Xavier Woods. I think he should stay, but if he goes, I don't know how upset I would be about that at all. All right, let's take another quick pause here on this show, then I'll come back and wrap things up
1: here on Locked on Panthers.
0: All right, to recap, stay or go. Sam Darnold wants you back here as that veteran backup. It makes a ton of sense with the expectations that there will be there on the rookie. He's dealt with it in a far more hostile market in New York City. Bradley Bozeman, got to bring him back. Deontay Foreman, sorry, but no. Matt Ionatis, I'm good. Eddie Pinheiro, come back. Shaq Thompson, I want the Panthers to figure out a way to bring him back here. I just don't really see how that's going to work. Unless he sees his market value is not great. And he's like, all right, I want to be a part of what's going on here in Carolina and what Jerry O'Varro is building at his defense, what Frank Reich is the head coach is building here now, and I want to win games. And Pat Offline, you got, I think, just with depth and flexibility something that we lambasted Fitterer and Rule about when their first two free agent signings were Irving and Elfline there in 2021 when those were two of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL over the last three years prior to them being signed here in Carolina. He provides you flexibility. He provides you experience, and that's somebody I think that actually has value here uh, beyond the $4.2 million that you could save if you get rid of him. Ian Thomas, I don't really see his value. Um, as a player here in Carolina anymore. And Damian Wilson never did much here. And in Xavier Woods, I think he should stay here in Carolina. I don't think it, though, it would be all that shocking if they decided to move on from him, just pointing out the cap savings there and maybe having some other thoughts on what they want to do in the draft and potentially in free agency at the safety position. Also going to figure out what they want to do with Jeremy Chin before you can really make any sort of determination determination on uh, Xavier Woods. So, there is that exciting time. Um, hopefully, none of these already came out. As again, I told y'all, I am currently in California, probably, or on a red eye or whatever. I have no idea. Uh, went out to the cover of the NASCAR race in Fontana, and there's rain in the forecast. I'm, of course, recording this actually on Thursday evening. So, if anything changed when I uh recorded this, sorry, but uh, it is what it is. So Likely no episode tomorrow on the show because I will be dog tired or maybe still stuck in California because the weather is bad and we got to get in an Xfinity race or a cup race. No idea. So maybe there'll be an episode tomorrow. Maybe there won't be. But either way, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network hosted by yours, Julie, Julie Council. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single episode. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Friday I'll be back answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag here on Lockdown Panthers. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all maybe on Tuesday, but probably on Wednesday. Either way, you know, subscribe. You'll find the show. Goodbye.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.